12th December 2019. Um, what uh, today is a Thursday? Today is a Thursday, indeed. Yeah, 7 50 p.m. All right, Ronald. I don't, I think I don't need to ask you what brings you to Latvia, right? It's the same uh, as before, yeah. Competition, I suppose, or but it was about getting across the border into Belarus in an easy way. Uh, recently, the government started to relax the visa rules, so to offer visa-free travel to, it, to, to to the country. And if you fly into Minsk airport, it's mm-hmm. just been rebuilt. I think there's like a tourism tax on each visitor. So you have visa-free travel for a month if you fly through the capital city and fly out of the capital city. But then... I've spent more time reading around their visa rules since then, and if you cross the border from Lithuania or from Poland, it's also visa-free. But what's strange is there's the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in, in Belarus, and then there's the Belarusian embassies around the world, mm. and they're giving conflicting information. And that's borderline scary because visa like rules, you want to obey them because you don't want to be turned around or arrested or whatnot. So. You kind of want consistency and there's a lot of inconsistency it's actual travelers um advising one another and it's not how it should be so if you say that the rules are relaxed then probably the the ones who conflict with that are just the hmm. the ones who don't know so you know belarus borders many countries ukraine uh russia i don't know if there's a border of latvia off the top of my head don't remember i don't think so because lithuania is to the south there's but, belarus yes there should be but there is okay i don't know how much okay maybe even a little right so it's inconsistent because the latvian russian and ukrainian borders are not visa free you can't cross them mm-hmm. but in parts of the lithuania and polish border it is visa free and unless you've got really good local geography you could kind of be screwed because you'll get to a land border and then you're like, no, you can't come in. You have to go all the way back around there. Mm-hmm. So it's, say somewhere like England, well, the public transport is very expensive, but it does get all the nooks and crannies of the country. But I'm kind of the crazy guy who would hitchhike these things. So I would happily go to a border if I knew it was a visa, visa-free border. But because the information is coming from different sources... I kind of shied away and it's cold right now so to be hitchhiking in this weather to a border that I can't cross it's not the one so I'll do the fly into Minsk from Riga and the fly out of Minsk back to Riga because it's uh, an airport I know so it's less daunting and what will you be smuggling oh gosh if only no I'll be at a competition in Minsk I just had a awful competition uh, in uh, in Uzbekistan because um, we had a formal dinner at the end and the Uzbeks actually paid for me to go uh, you know, to the competition and the Ukrainians were bullying me to drink alcohol and I did and it all came back up so I've kind of got that image I've left with the Uzbeks so I have to use this competition to wipe it away to try and clean the slate as as they say and what if there are also some Ukrainians in Minsk I don't know what I want to say to them because after the, the last one the Latvians and Belarusians came to me 
to say, dude, you need to control yourself. You're drinking way too much and that's just uncalled for. And I was like, you sat at the table and you saw what the Ukrainians were doing and yeah, I'm the bad guy. So, and then the Ukrainians didn't come to see me at all. So I don't know what they're thinking about it since then. But I mean, genuinely, I don't mind people doing crazy stuff. I've done crazy stuff, but it just wasn't the time or place to do it because even as I left the bar, I saw a fight break out between the restaurant owner and one of the Uzbeks. Mm -hmm. And that's not cool because they brought me in as their guest and I've acted the fool. To the Uzbeks drink? They do, but Central Asia, um, many, many of them are Muslim. So, you know, just things that would be acceptable in one society like in England, you could get drunk in the street and pass out. People would give you a not look, but it's socially acceptable. But you wouldn't see that kind of thing in Uzbekistan. You just don't. And I was fully aware of it myself. So when it happened, I was annoyed at myself and they, they gave me a gift and I, I lost it. So, yes. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> See, here we could have said yeah, it happens, but there it's on my mind, like in a bad way. So I'm hoping that this competition, if I can finally perform well and give people something else to talk about, then all oh, that crazy guy. So how's life in England these days? Oh, how is it? Um, I think if you watch the current affairs and the news and stuff, you don't know if you're coming or going there because uh, Brexit, is it happening? Is it not happening? Uh, you know, it's just always always a knife edge. So it's an election today and I didn't bother to vote because I don't believe that my vote would count for anything. And I didn't really know who I'm voting for. There's two... Um, sort of main candidates Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn for what? Uh, so they're standing to be Prime Minister under the electoral system in England is really a two party system like you've all the other minority parties but they're not likely to get ahead like, is, so is this some some form of special election? well no it's the national election so whichever um Uh, candidates from whichever party um, get the most seats. Was it scheduled even before oh, Brexit? This was is it kind of, of uh, organized to stop the deadlock. At the moment, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, barely has enough MPs to govern the country. Mm. So he, he's governing the country, but <laughs> they can't push policy through because all it takes is one or two unsatisfied MPs and then policy has fell and that's what's been happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's an election and uh, Boris Johnson, why I'm not keen on him is he's um, going around the country allegedly to meet with the public, but he picks and chooses who he talks to. And if, not? well, If you're the Prime Minister, I'd like to think he's accessible to everyone and he's anything those but... those important ones. Well, right. M people with money... Um, sure, sure. But he's you taking it... please anybody. He's taking everybody. it to an extreme. He's taking it to a major extreme. Like, major news uh, journalists can't get interviews with him. And these are, like, well-known journalists up and down the land. Maybe it's because journalists don't really have any importance anymore. There's that because yeah people are getting their stuff from Facebook and Instagram but the thing is is he doesn't know if the interview is going to go very well and if it's going to embarrass him he'd rather not do it 
I think I saw some uh, piece on uh, last week tonight where they basically said that Boris Johnson is just pretending to be a little bit chaotic that it's actually a uh, yeah. sort of a role he wants I to can portray I believe that but to an extent you've got to be serious to be the Prime Minister because all these sort of know, budding it? democracies around the world are supposedly looking up to the UK for leadership and if the who, who um, is looking up for former colonies in Africa and Asia maybe countries like Latvia no nope uh, no no that's surprising because um, British people refer to the Westminster Parliament as the mother of all parliaments. You, you well, I think I think the the British political system is still so, somewhat under the impression that British Empire rule has not really diminished. Gone right. So yeah, it's interesting to see foreigners are like yeah, not really interested because people there genuinely think it's the centre of the earth still. <laughs> yeah, it will kind of hurt their feelings to know that. No, and maybe it's care. sort of a maybe it's sort of a psychological trick. If you believe you are important, maybe you are to well, somebody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the other candidate, well, there's many, but the two principal candidates, uh, Johnson and Corbyn. Corbyn's promising all kinds of things: free broadband internet, free childcare, free university, free school meals. Uh, nationalizing and, industry. And why didn't you vote for him? As much as free everything is nice, yeah. in the real world it doesn't work like that. But maybe in England it does. Well, you can Who start knows? taxing um, corporations more, you can start taxing the high net worth people more, because yeah, I do think they are undertaxed in the UK. But I've always said that taxing people who or organizations that can move around like that it's got to be i guess on a global level where you have major economies like usa japan germany france and the uk um all agreeing at the same time that we're going to tax these people because then they've got nowhere to run to but if corbyn steps out on his own and starts taxing the hell out of them i think they will in, in many cases they'll leave what if he just raids the city of london Hmm. But there, should, there should be some trillions. What way? Spare. Like, do what exactly? In to, finance, to finance all his uh, projects. But how how to take the finance from the city of London? I would probably by some parliament law. I don't know. Well, no, legislation, of course. Yeah, that's that's the way you get uh, individuals and entities to do what you want to do. You legislate against them. But there's so many. Uh, loophole lawyers as I call them out there they'll find ways to well there are only the intended loopholes right usually it's some somebody who wants them to be there but then yeah you kind of hit the nail on the head there because I feel well maybe not in the case of Corbyn but definitely in the case of Boris Johnson when you have uh, lawyer lobbies banking lobbies um property developer mm. lobbies all these lobbies around you who finance your electoral campaigns finance the coffers of your political party who invite you to nice dinners and give you a nice watch and all these little perks 
it becomes probably a more bit, than just the watch. oh just yeah just just yeah just a bit more than that but it becomes a bit difficult <laughs> to start saying yeah i'm gonna tax you or yeah i'm gonna shut down your loopholes it's conflicts of interest and but there must be some socialist in your country we, this is the corbyn guy jeremy corbyn see but maybe he's the one the chosen one well yeah i for his whole political career he's voted against the iraq wars and and corporations and this and that and i mean to an extent i do think like yeah he's a radical he's a revolutionary he, he could bring change to the country but i just worry he's promising too much like universities um i do think it's nice if they're free many uh, students in mainland Europe pay just to think a registration fee every every year for a couple hundred pounds to study and then that's about I don't it. know about that I think in, in Finland mm. maybe I think France as well they just pay a few hundred pounds and then that's them for the year in terms of university I tuition I somehow remember somebody told me that no also in France they pay nothing like England um, oh well Maybe the yeah the sums in euros about ten thousand pounds a year tuition fees alone. In Latvia, it would be more like two or three thousand euros. It was about that in England under Tony Blair, but it's gone up drastically, and then because you got got that Arab money over there. Oh no! But then foreign students, as in non-EU students, pay even more because. Uh, the the government legislate against universities charging unlimited amounts to home students and EU students, but non EU students pay sometimes as much as twenty thousand pounds, which is about twenty thousand euros a year on on tuition. But no, I just think there's far too many universities in England, far far too yeah, many, and because there are businesses. Well, for sure, but people if they go to these institutions, hopefully researched their course, hopefully spoke to former graduates from their course spoke to people in industry to say how much do you value my degree if I come to you in three four years time with a, a you know a qualification from this place and young people don't always do that so if Corbyn said yes university is going to be free but I'm going to shut down half of them and just keep the ones behind that will uh, lift your pay packet in a few years time I could support him but if he's like oh yeah free universities I don't think it's responsible. Then free mm. childcare—that's controversial. Yeah, it's nice to give people with children free stuff, but for voters who don't have children, and me, someone who doesn't want to have children, I'd have to be what's that word? Is it altruistic to say yeah, I'll vote for him? You know, he's helping people with children, even though I'm not benefiting. So I think he could have thought more carefully around that. Um, there's talk of nationalising the railways, which he'll probably persuade the majority majority of the population with that one, just because many trains are delayed, cancelled, fares rise, but um, all that seems to happen is the CEOs of these train companies and their shareholders get paid nice dividends every year. So kind of yeah, has public support on that policy. Free broadband, um, they're saying it would lift up the economy, but... I'm not sure how it trickles down to that it will boost economic growth by giving everyone free broadband. I'm just not sure. Yeah. I mean, personally, yeah. I use the computer to learn foreign language or to research subjects, whether it's mathematics or science economic, or nature. Yeah, yeah something. In, so, yeah, for me, I could see how having access to fast internet 
would be a good thing. But everyone's just watching social media and gossip stuff, you know, like reality TV. Entertainment has also right. economic value. For the content producer, because they're earning money per each click. I actually don't mean it in a, in a sort, sort of just a monetizing way. Mm-hmm. I mean it in a live quality way. Because life quality is definitely definitely people, definitely important for the economic economy, but it's uh, usually difficult to measure. Well, no, right? I'm saying people's leisure time. It's great because they've got free time and they can. I'm struggling with that one. No, no. As I said, if people if were serious, and I don't think there are many serious people in 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 England that they're going to use the internet to learn about economics or about starting up your own business or about um, online uh, marketing that it makes you know um, little widgets on the side of the screen that people click and then they get a commission for it. people sort of use the broadband sort of with the business mind at the back of their head then I'd support that but no there should be a, a list of the most popular sites in England right yeah I remembered seeing that list yeah that's one of the things I looked up well, what could that so be? some of the websites that were visited were <coughs> the BBC Really? Um, source of news, even though it's biased news, but yeah, hey, at least it's not Kardashians, because that would be really scary. Then you've got Google. Um, that's open-ended, because you could be using Google to research something that is p- particularly interesting, or just, again, gossip news. Mm-hmm. Then you've got, I think, Amazon, the shopping site. <sighs> That again, that's people buying stuff they don't really need. So giving someone a fast, a free fast broadband connection just to buy stuff they're not going to use, is that really adding value? Then there was a, I think Reddit, the blogging site, and I find that very interesting. Like when yeah. I was looking at um this border stuff in Belarus, there were conversations going on for pages. So it's like for me, yeah, that one I'll accept. I'm surprised Live Jasmine is only twelfth. Oh, only. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but this yeah. is it. This Google is number what I one, mean. YouTube number two, yeah. Amazon, Reddit, well, Google again, BBC, uh, Wikipedia, Facebook, Facebook Lad Bible. That's a banter site. Some some guys at university, they started um like uploading photos of a cute dog, huh? <laughs> and. Then everyone started clicking the pictures of the cute dog, and then they were like, ah, oh, let's monetize this. And funny enough, VK.com is 18th. Whoa. And that's a Russian site. That is very high. But to be honest, the only Even people, before Pornhub. The only people who use VK in England, I mean, I use it as a Russian speaker, but. That's what I mean. But I, I'm only because I'm a Russian speaker, I wouldn't expect English speakers to be using it. And the only ones who do, and I've met a, a bunch of these guys, are all the, ra- the racists, like, because Facebook has this thing called community standards, mm-hmm. and anything Holocaust this, or, or black this, or Muslims that, Facebook just takes it down straight away. Mm-hmm. VK, on the other hand, it's like, you do what you like. So, oh. yeah, all these guys who were posting racist stuff on Facebook, they got fed up, so they went to VK. So that yeah, move. kind of coming full circle back to our first podcast, it proves what sort of subtle racists 
British people are because I can't, as I said, I'm a Russian speaker and I'm on VK to talk to Russian friends, but English speaking community in there are there to be racist. So for it to be the 18th biggest, the 18th uh, most popular site in the UK, it tells me something because I only, I, I can't quantify how many people, and you've just quantified it for me. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because honestly, there's no, and all the sort of fake news about, oh, the government's putting stuff in your tap water. Those things do very well in VK, but English speaking, I've not seen anything of value. Is it, as I said, so Corbyn giving free broadband, like I, I thought through all these candidates quite carefully. And as I said, I just think, what else is he doing that I'm not a fan of? Immigration, um, for whatever reason, the UK is like this <coughs> land that's got um, uh, roads paved with gold. That rumour just won't go away. Like, I don't know if it made the news in Latvia, but you had a lorry that had about 30 people from Vietnam in there who suffocated and they were trying to get to England. A and lorry was a vehicle? Yeah, a lorry, a truck. Okay. You'd say you go for the American English truck. Yeah, and what's disturbing, they weren't running, a, weren't running away from a war, they weren't running away from being persecuted. They'd each paid 30,000 euro to get to England so they could get a good job. Hmm. But then I'm confused because British passport holders with the right to work struggle to find good work. So how an outsider is going to come in and do better but, than but them? But you can find know? work in England, right? Pretty easily. I mean, to stereotype, the only thing that I've seen Vietnamese people doing, and this is just stereotyping, is nail salons for the ladies and restaurants. Yeah, that's what they do. And then drug, and, and drug, drugs. Drugs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they do. So, that's interesting to think they're going to make that much money from that to pay back that 30,000 30, euros, man, to pay that. Mm. Like, to even get a business visa to America or the UK, I don't think it costs that much. And at least you'll have that peace of mind in you that your business proposal isn't going to have the police or the feds or money laundering people after you. I think you know? the Vietnamese think logistically. I think they operate hmm. in a certain radius. Yes. And they have to know that their line of uh, communication and supply will be there in a certain amount of time. So but if you go from go, continental Europe to Great Britain, I think it's just a network of them. Mm, I mean, because, because they are really, really collective people. Yeah, they are. But then the thing is, is there's stories of... Vietnamese and this is from the past who've come forward and said I came here for it being an amazing life mm -hmm. and then I just was basically people trafficked here I worked non-stop they took my passport from me I can't speak the local language I'm trapped I don't know who to turn to mm -hmm. and eventually I got away from it all but no it wasn't this life of luxury that I thought it would be you know and people have come forward from the Vietnamese community and said that mm -hmm. And like, cause I, I was fostered, if you probably remembered, with some Vietnamese kids and their mum had just put like them on a truck with uh, Vietnamese smugglers and they were just left on the bridge over the Thames in London just to fend for themselves and they were asking people for bread and then they got put into into foster homes and I was, I, was, I lived with them. But surely now they're grown up and they'd have wrote back to Vietnam somewhere or you know said something on a blog and said yeah I'm here and no I didn't come here and find roads paved with gold 
and it, it just as I said this thing it just won't stop anyway coming back to Corbyn now I think he wants to relax immigration rules to the UK and I'm someone of colour so it's not really my place to say oh no no one can come to England but um, it's just it's full the country is so full is it? it is I mean yeah there's green space and that can be built over into a concrete jungle as as new cities are called but why not just leave it green no but the built up areas are built to the max like London there used to be a lot of land in the capital that was just like rubble but even the rubble lands being prettied up and turned into skyscrapers so and there's stuff. a benefit but mm-hmm. population okay so if you get a new railway line in London or if you increase the frequency of the trains on the existing lines you have spare capacity for like a day and then it's congested again um, so moving around town particularly in the rush hours it's not fun I mean if you, unless you just take your, an electric, electric scooter you so, can those are nice. I mean I was a massive fan of cycling but I find it really dangerous find it really I mean I mean that kick scooter on the pavement yeah but then again people so just nice. crossing so nice in front of you like mainers. I mean I'm, I'm guilty charged. I've, I've stepped into the road before without looking and seeing an oncoming bike almost hit me mm. and uh, I have a funny story that I'll come back to that but saying as a, as an avid cyclist I'm just not prepared to do it anymore because the people on the roads everyone's rushing around you know and I might get hit and it's not because I'm not careful I mean there was that time I just told you where I was uh, where I was not careful but generally I'm careful but at the end of the day it just takes someone to be texting or drinking a coffee and then I'm over and then that wasn't even the main reason why I don't want to cycle anymore it's the thieving it's just incredible like in broad daylight in my area Clapham Junction there's a bicycle rack and Clapham Junction is the busiest railway station I think in Europe that's what it said in one of the placards and the bike thieves had no shame to be yanking the bikes off of the the frame trying to break people's bikes away from the lots and that was in broad daylight so you can only imagine what's happening in the dark when they think they've got the what the... do they do with them i wish i knew i mean do they make money over them perhaps particularly when um avid cyclists are spending a thousand pounds on a bike yeah they're not going to make a thousand but if they can make a hundred they're still See, doing then, good then that's the move you just need to buy really really cheap bicycles okay and then I have a story mm. there because my housemate had a cheap bicycle for 20 euro okay. and he didn't bother to chain it because he said no one's going to steal yeah. this yeah. it got stolen still you could just buy a new one for 20 but I would oh, no whatever, whatever it is if you bought a telescope to look at the, the, the stars or you bought something that's potentially think of, expensive think of, think of it as they just brought your trash out but no, saying, coming back to the bicycles, the telescope as an example, when you buy certain kinds of equipment or a digital camera or a bicycle, you spend a lot because you want to enjoy the experience. So, you know, you buy an expensive bike, it's got suspension, um, absorbs the, you know, the bumpy journeys, um, the saddle feels comfortable to sit on, the the gears are to and you your... Can, and you can also just put a GPS tracker in it. That that's it, yeah. That's what can be done, 
yeah you can put gps trackers in the frame now but all of the stealing and and reading about cyclists that got squashed i just thought you know what find something else and it sucks but um you just stick into this um issue of the city being congested and um what else yeah employment it just gets worse and worse like i pick up warehouse work um when i'm not competing and the way they just throw you on the scrap heap it's not funny uh, on the app i get it through an app i have to agree to um show up to work or be struck off which is reasonable and i show up to work and i'm told oh we've got too many guys so yeah goodbye Wow, that sounds really effective, <laughs> right? Yeah, or stewards. When I did this, you know, people in the uh, football stadiums and whatnot showing you to seats and lost property or where's the nearest exit or where's the nearest smoking area. Same thing. They get into the stadiums and they're told to arrive on time, as they do, but the people who arrive near the back of the arrivals are told, yeah, we just asked for more of you to be here just to be on the safe side but yeah Mm. we don't need you now goodbye i guess uh, airlines do the same right uh with who with passengers oh no see that's different because um they oversell Mm. yeah because they assume people won't show up but the law is clear on this if you're denied boarding because they oversold they have to pay you depending on the distance of the flight between 300 euro to think as much as 600 euro and they have to put you in a hotel meanwhile. So if, for example, you bought a flight for 30 euro and then a last minute person shows up who urgently needs to get to that business meeting or to a wedding and is gonna pay a thousand pounds, that's good economics there. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll probably oversell, but that's why they'll oversell. And crucially for the consumer, there are laws there for them to claim against the airline if the airline oversells them. Back to my working situation, I need to know the law, which I do. I've written to the company to say, you're in breach of contract and I wanna be paid for that shift and I've not had any response from them. And I will send them a letter in the new year to say, I'm taking you to court if you don't pay me for that shift. And unfortunately, the vast majority of work workforce don't know how to do that. So yeah, this bother. is- and even it didn't bother yeah because i mean i could do it blindfolded so i'm just going to do it but yeah the value is low and if they were going to instruct a lawyer to do it for them by the time they paid the lawyer it's just not worth it any, anymore but i'm saying corbyn's response to these issues so kind of overlapping workers rights with immigration yeah he wants to relax immigration rules and as i said if local workers are struggling and Vietnamese people are prepared to pay £30,000 to go in the back of a lorry it tells me that relaxing the rules is going to just make an even bigger deluge of people coming into the city I don't know if you can see that but preferably legally but then legally yeah because then the smugglers don't have a, a person to smuggle anymore but then Coming back to what I said to you about being able to go down the pavement with the electric scooter, it's not going to happen because it will be packed full of people trying to cycle, people stepping out into the road and congestion and people trying to get from A to B. As I said, 
London feels very congested. Yeah, you're talking a big city, but yeah. usually in the towns it will be probably the same. <sighs> the problem is, um, I don't want to sidetrack, finish my first point, but yeah, with the cities. So London is the capital, but all the infrastructure projects happen there. All the skyscrapers are there, all, right. all the railways are there, all the museums are Do there, you need all to the be embassies there? are there. Do I need to be there? It depends because I could show you plenty of people who moved from Birmingham the second city which is still on its own quite a big city to London because they just couldn't find work in their city hmm. or they felt the work they can get in London allows them to progress yeah. so I can think of plenty of examples for you of people who are already coming from the regions and I mean for an example the government have more leeway with uh state companies I think BBC being an example the studios were in London and they built studios up in Manchester to I guess outsource some of the work to regional England mm -hmm. and I'm not too sure if that worked because a lot of the TV presenters want to remain in London that's for their houses are there their kids are there their social networks are there and I believe the BBC is paying their commute up and down and then all the celebrities if they want to visit England and promote their new song or whatever they want to be in London yeah. and then the BBC is paying for them to fly up to the Manchester Jews quickly and then fly back down to London and then it's like you've kind of got a white elephant as an expression if you heard of it a white elephant? yeah where something was just pointless like you spent a, a lot of money on an elephant in the room yeah um so a white elephant I think I'm quoting it correctly it's where you just have a project that you spend a lot of money on like in London in the millennium year there was this thing called the millennium dome where the government's like hey we're going to build this attraction it's going to be um, sort of life long memories for people and it's going to make tourists from all over the world want to come and visit London and we're going to spend tons of money on it and then by the end of the millennium year they didn't have enough visitors and it was converted into a sort of sports stadium so oh. you'd say the millennium dome was a white elephant but yeah so yeah corbyn would allow all these people to come in legally but then the problem would be um to me how you're gonna protect workers rights because i've already told you about my working experiences where employers just have you like that if you give them even more, um, you know, uh, workers to pick from and choose from, how are they going to be incentivized to increase wages, to offer workers a final salary pension? They won't. Thank you. But, yeah. but you will have more opportunities for work. How? Because, You've got to because, explain. Because the work amount is not really fixed. Once you have more people, you have more work. It's just okay. inevitable. What doing what? No, no, you got to give me no, because an economy is based on people, right? So the amount of people determines how much work needs to get done. So, more people means more work. I mean, more pressure on social housing, more pressure on well, state health care. I guess that's so well, but, but, that, but it's more but it's also housing. for the private sector, also means more business, which is inevitable, right? <laughs> so, I'm an existing British citizen earning crumbs so you're going to bring in 
more people mm. earning more crumbs so so same crumbs that I'm using that we're going to share them between us and yet they're going to be able to go to the department store and buy consumer durables buy TVs buy sofas no in the long just, run yes because you having to compete with more people means more competition so it's not really that so wages will be coming down it's, it's not it's not a zero more. sum game it's, it's mostly the opposite because uh, you've got to help me here I'm struggling well, I'm tired one but no explain to me I'm, I'm all ears well well you would be preferred choice compared to many immigrant workers who are not qualified as you are at least but, when it comes to the language for instance oh no. so you could command bigger wages than they all right so i'll give you another example same like i'm just stigmatizing they are just here, diluting they um, are just like diluting. in my workplace um you have a sign saying please don't wash your feet in the sink why would you need to have that sign up because some some cultures prefer to wash their feet in the sink, I guess. So then why would you be saying that it's going to be a good thing to bring in even more workers, which will be coming from other cultures? Yeah, I'm not. My workplace. I'm not. I'm not saying uh, in the short term, one to six months, but I'm saying one to three years. Wait, you've already identified together a cultural problem this Cause, can bring, cause and I can no, think of many, many more. There, are, I don't think there are any any economies that have been destroyed by increasing the population i know of economies who have ne never really uh gained much traction while gaining the uh, in population and are these people coming in high skilled low skilled middle skilled what skilled tell me well if i would have to guess it sounds like most of them would be low correct uh, low skilled low, people yeah. but you're not helping me here you're really not because it's not about them it's about what they bring with them as attachments dependent them as well them and as well. this is helping the economy how? in the long term yes dude <laughs> gosh you liberals make me laugh so much because that's just more oh, hands in the workforce it's never doing a, what? exactly think of it yeah think of it as a simple equation right you have four hands, right? Just a simple, simple uh, example. Four hands. Four hands cannot do the work of 12 hands, right? In the same amount of time, <laughs> right? Right? Four hands could do the same work, maybe, as 12 hands, but it would take them three times more time, right? So you're just implying to have more productivity you need more people yes usually usually that's the case right usually but no there are exceptions but I'm saying in my opinion you've got a situation in the UK where you have far too many people who are of low productivity I don't know what they're well, doing well you can argue that they are not really being put to use wisely for the economy they're going to require training to be productive sort of all participants right. in the All economy right. who's who's providing that training who's paying for that training uh somebody if it's yeah, really somebody. needed and if, who, it's somebody, who, if it's really needed. ultimately is that somebody going to be if corbyn's open and the board is saying hey move to england tomorrow Look, if amazon needs trained employees it'll train them will they yes are you sure sure no because for an example in america around their bases there are plenty of unemployed americans who would love a job there 
but then the Americans just say so Amazon just tells the American government no we, we're gonna we need some visas for some skilled people from abroad to come in and do the work and then the locals are just not needed so so they're gonna feel resentful so they're gonna be holding placards outside saying if they just go away Amazon or go if, away whoever if they displace you I can understand it and but, they are being displaced in America as an but, example but, but if they just compete with a lower wage that you wouldn't, wouldn't be able or want, wouldn't want to do well, that's how you get votes like the Brexit vote because they're like all these people yes yeah, some are working some aren't working but I can't cope <coughs> like I can't pay my bills because they're bringing my wages down or house local house prices are going up because mm. everyone's competing for rent you know to rent a place so landlords take advantage and put the rents up um, queues for doctor's appointments queues for school places for your kids at the local school traffic as I told you a billion times before you know it, it's problems you can't just say well yeah but that's what I mean yeah problems are always the cause for the economy to overcome them and create growth oh it's always the case well um, have you seen something's any, not have clicking you, have you seen okay. any major improvements in the economy where beforehand you didn't have any major problems problem or the necessity but drives, as I said, drives the a problem ingenuity like um in the uk now is uh all the european union citizens have the right to seek work in the uk many of them are seeking work in the uk and local workers as i said this is why i voted for leave was because you got squeezed out so you're just saying, oh no, bringing people in it will boost the economy. Yeah, employees can pay lower wages. Yeah, I saw that, but you cause resentment from the local people. Oh, I'm not disputing that. Right. But that's but that's not really important for the economy, is it? Well, if they vote for leave and then all the major exporters are like, no, it's gonna affect our Here's the catch. Here's the catch. Trade. Here's the catch. Those citizens yeah. don't equate much to the GDP are just out of the picture out of the picture how as in what they yeah, say doesn't yeah. matter yes yes but the, no because there's a, universal suffrage in the UK everyone what, what, can what everyone mean? can vote what do you everyone, mean universal suffrage everyone can vote you know so, so but how many Brexit. do but how many do well, enough voted for leave in the referendum. Yeah, well, but I'm not complaining. Well, no, you don't feel unwelcome in England now. What? You don't feel unwelcome in England now. No. Many of your compatriots feel, this, feel unwelcome. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but as I'm saying, when you just say I open the borders and everything's going to be fine, hmm? it can cause resentment. No, no, but that's the point. You don't just open the borders and uh -huh. do and don't do any wedding, right? But it's definitely uh, sometimes useful to reconsider some previous. Uh, so, to me, as I said before, if Corbyn is gonna relax the immigration rules, which I'm sure he will or would if he wins, I don't know the result tonight. You said that you didn't vote and you gave your vote to a dude? Yes, I did. So, so how I'm incriminating how's myself now. How's that, how's that possible? Right, so uh, if you... Just hypothetically, if you... If, right, I don't care. If, if we imagine. Yeah. 
So uh, if you want to vote in the UK, you need to be in the electoral register. Okay. British citizens can vote in the national elections, the EU elections and the local elections. However, the EU citizens can only vote in the local elections or the EU elections. Mm. So um, if you are on the electoral register and you've been approved, you get a card through your door saying, hey, there's an election in a couple of weeks time. Uh, go along and vote. Uh, you do not need to take this card with you. And I just saw that and thought, what the actual hell did that just say? Because if I don't need to take this card with me, I know my neighbour over here's first and surname. I know his first and surname. I know plenty of first names and surnames and door numbers on this road yeah. and in many other roads. So all I need to do is go along to vote and say I'm so-and-so, which I wouldn't do personally because you know, it's voter fraud and... Um, yeah, I wouldn't do it. But I said to my friend, because he's EU citizen and he can't vote in Westminster elections, mm. hey, have my polling card and go along and make a vote and pick, for your own sake, a Remain political party. Is it possible to afterwards see the results? Who voted for whom? Um, or is it anonymous? It's said to be anonymous and the idiots believe it to be anonymous but it's not because there's a serial number on every ballot paper they give out to every voter who shows up mm. and they write down that serial number on a list with all the local people so if someone in the authorities was determined to find out who you voted for they could mm. but people are led to believe it's anonymous because then we're going oh, oh, way back now at least because in the olden days um, wealthy people pay you to vote because not everyone had to vote only a few people did mm -hmm. so if the candidates with money in their pockets went around to love local people and paid them money and said yeah I can check if you voted for me or not you see so it stops the corruption but this system at the moment is just absurd because I truly think every voter should go in there with a photo ID and by that I mean an ID card or passport and say, hey, I'm Ronald Grant or I'm Laris Box and I'm voting right now. This is me in that ID. But I did my first vote, I took it South Principal and she's like, I don't need your ID. Just tell me your name and address. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. Imagine like telemarketers because they're really good at <laughs> sort of accumulate people's uh, if you, a corrupt candidate paid one of them they'd have plenty of votes by the end of the day but yeah so my friend has gone off to vote today for the Greens which is the party I wouldn't vote for um, so hey thanks to him they've I vicariously voted for them today yeah. but yeah I was saying to you before about the electoral system where you have Jeremy Corbyn, who's the opposition leader, and Boris Johnson, who's the leader. Um, there are so many other smaller parties, like the Greens, and I don't feel like they're going to get a say, because how it would work is you've got all the different districts. So if you say in Riga terms, Imanta, Ugla, Perfsiums, maybe pronounced that incorrectly. So your vote will only count in your constituency area. Mm. So if nationwide the Greens picking up lots and lots of votes, it won't count. It will only count if in that little constituency area they got more votes than anybody else. Mm. So 
in my neighbourhood, Labour are way up ahead. The Conservatives are about here and the uh, Greens would be about here. So if you have a situation where in the last election, Labour were here and the Conservatives were here and someone was going to vote for the Greens, they'd have to vote what we'd say tactically, meaning even though they want to vote Greens, they might hate the Conservatives' current policy on the environment, but think Labour's not so bad. So they would lend their vote to Labour over here and help keep out the Conservatives, if that makes sense. So, I mean, just nationally, you have this problem, I think, where people can't vote how they want to because they're voting for the least worst option. So I could go on all day about this, but this idea with democracy there and whatever, it's just... It's not for me, as I said. That's why I could happily give the flipping polling card to my friend and say, yeah, go and have a vote. Then you have BBC, who's a broadcaster that receives tax money from the government, and they're called they're called biased all the time. And I think it's just a general thing with them. They'll be biased towards the government of the day. Mm-hmm. So right now, I have a conservative government and the coverage they're giving the Conservatives is a lot um, more favourable than they're giving to Labour. But then when you had Labour in government under Tony Blair, if the name means anything to you, they got far more positive coverage than the Conservatives did. So it yeah. just goes and swings in roundabouts. But finally, especially with all these like people searching for news on Facebook or YouTube, there could be a time where we stop paying the tax to the BBC. So every household in the UK has to pay a £150 tax, well, fee to the to the government each year. Mm-hmm. And then the money goes to the BBC. I've never paid that money and I never will pay it. So I get all these threatening letters and they just go in the bin. So I don't feel sort of vested in the BBC because I don't pay for it. And if, if, I, if I did pay for it, I'd be furious because I'm like, I'm paying for this crap. Yeah. So I can just sit back and be like, yeah, you print or you say what you like because I don't care and you know I don't watch your channel but um so yeah candidates so I said about his immigration policy why it doesn't work for me um what else has he done or said yeah he wants to give shares to uh ordinary workers in uh in large companies companies I think with more than 250 employees and well, they would just probably sell them off. They're not allowed to sell them off. And so what should they do? Only just wait for the dividends? dividends, yeah. And they'll get half, I think, and he'll get the other half for gen- for general public spending. I don't know. Uh, it seems difficult for people who are not competent in those things. But, I mean, what do you think it will do to the British companies who are now being forced to <laughs> give shares to workers? Well, the ownership would be diluted. Well, for that, but... The chances of them staying or leaving if the company, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, of course, if they have uh, enough logistics, they would just move to another country. <laughs> this is what I mean. So, for all these reasons, you're saying, Yeah, vote for Corbyn. I think he meant well when he said that, but also a lot of uh, pension funds when people pay into a pension for their future, the money just doesn't just sit there. In like under the mattress, it goes into um, shares in companies such as British companies, and that could affect people's 
livelihoods in all kinds of ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's revolutionary and nice and all that stuff. Like, I, I did genuinely give him some <coughs> time, you know. I didn't just rule him out because a lot of people, like, in the past, he's been on anti-war marches and anti-capitalist marches. So because the UK generally is a capitalist country, it it's, makes it's him... It's the ultimate capitalist well, country. For sure, well, America it's is the, just it's... a bit ahead. Ah, man, or neck and neck, let's just say, yeah. yeah basically the same, but as I said, for someone to be in all these kind of socialist marches, you're not going to pick up a lot of votes somewhere like the UK, right? So I'm saying, I, I still gave him a chance, um, aside well, from I, that. I, I don't know if uh, most of the people benefit from that capitalism, though. If if not... Oh, well, no, well, no. Has a they say it's trickled hole. down. Well, no, this is the thing, he... He does want to turn things around, but I mean, he's there like, was a time. He's like, he's like the like the Bernie Sanders of Britain, something like that. I mean, there was a time in the nineteen seventies where, under the Labour Party, his party, the trade unions were very strong. They could just go and strike, then go and strike again, and go and strike, and it really affected the productivity of the country. I mean, it was before my time, but. Um, people from that era saying dead bodies weren't being buried, rubbish wasn't being collected. I, th I think Margaret Thatcher destroyed the oh, well, she did. British economy. Well, no, I say she destroyed the um, trade unions. <laughs> the economy, it depends who you ask, because some people did extremely well out of her reforms. So if you want, yeah, if you wanted to set up business or you wanted to be a landlord or you wanted to make money, well, basically. Well, what I, what she was I, your girl. Yeah, what what I mean is uh, Reagan and Thatcher got used to allowing capitalism almost full reign, as far as I, um, I know. Which well, means, yeah, which yeah, this is what I mean. Which, mean, which means there cut, was, cutthroat capitalism. There was winners and losers. So um, once upon a time, British government owned all this, this well, not all well, many, a lot yeah. of the housing in the country yeah. and she sold uh, the housing to private investors effectively which almost always doesn't work I mean it depends because people were on that bandwagon buying those properties at artificially low prices and now like there was this one guy I read out in the newspaper all the time oh gosh I think he got as many as a thousand properties so like if his whole empire went kaput one day and he starts to say, oh, Thatcher sucked and she was crap, I wouldn't be impressed because there are people who did very well out of her reforms. But then on the other hand... But not the majority. In the long I, run. I, I don't want to quantify these numbers, but I'm saying people, for example, who've been newly released from prison, from foster care, like I was from foster care, or young single mothers or... People with mental health issues, uh, people with low incomes, don't forget them, they need to social housing. And the, pro the prospects for them are quite bleak. Like you've got London housing, so people who are based in London and are being told if you want social housing, we're going to have to farm you out to Bristol, another city, or Newcastle, another city. And then it kind of causes as many problems as it solves because. Um, Yes, they'll have social housing, so their rent will come down, but their social networks kaput, their childcare, if they've got children, kaput, <laughs> carers and friends who help out, you know, if they're ill and have got a bad back and need someone to 
carry heavy bricks and heavy potatoes could put um what else is there you know and then there was once it's been anecdotal but as an example there was a lady who killed herself because she wouldn't be able to cope with being moved away you know what the best commonwealth economy is canada okay well can and canada doesn't doesn't do a lot of that nonsense about the current situation there Canada and... I just know that Prime Minister is very politically correct. To some extent also, maybe Australia, but Canada is the way to go. All right. They are fairly socialist and fairly capitalist. All right. But they don't go overboard. They're somewhere... The best of both. I would have probably said to me... French and English people, I think, should make babies, and then the world is all good. All right. I would would have gone with the Danish model, because their students get money from the government to support them through their studies and then when they graduate they understand they're going to pay back into the system and there's some give and take but the the greed in england it's just it's sickening yeah that's what i mean it's it's sickening it brings out the worst in people oh gosh i can't i can't live there moving on the subject so i said for, for the election i don't know what more i want to say about it no, it's not, I mean, um, it's not, not that important, right? No, no, I, there was, I was going to say, yeah, Brexit. So even though I was a Brexit voter, I don't know if I, um, not that I don't know if I'm a Brexit supporter anymore, but I lack a Brexit leader now because the Brexit voters could look up to Boris Johnson. I didn't really, uh, I say that almost vomiting. Farage, yeah, he betrayed, um, his voters so he took in some donations last month on the basis he was going to stand a candidate in all 650 seats in the uk mm-hmm. he only stood candidates in 300 of them but by then he'd already collected donations from people oh. so it's betrayal i didn't finance it because i as said so, so the customers should ask for their money back i guess oh maybe <laughs> but i think he wasn't actually a political party he set up a business so all he has to do is maybe go into liquidation and then there's nowhere for the lawsuits to go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> but this is the problem because, as I said, um, so there was Boris and Farage. They, I had reasons for voting leave and I still, um, I'll stand here right now and defend them. It wasn't just because I was uneducated or whatever. And that was a conversation for another day. I think we even had it the last time. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you need to have someone you can look up to in your movement. And Boris Johnson is just cringe because, as I said, he runs away from journalists who have valid questions to ask him. Farage has betrayed people who... I see, I'd never donate money to him because I could tell any of them are just out for what they can get. And it seems to be the case. Then there was another guy. Um, he was called Jacob... He is called Jacob Rees-Mogg. He was another Brexit supporter. But then... I heard he had some funds in an investment fund. He's moved offshore ahead of Brexit mm-hmm. so to protect his money. One, it's dodgy. And two, um, he made some comments about a residential block of apartments that went in fire and the comments were seen as inflammatory. So he's been kind of put away, you know, like he can't come out. I mean, we haven't heard officially, but if you can read between the lines... So yeah, Brexit mm. movement in England is without a leader right now. We don't have a leader. But the train is going. 
Right. So it's awkward now because I saw a guy in, in the airport and it's like, we have to kind of carry the movement because we voted for it and we probably vote leave again just out of principle like respect what we voted but there's no one to carry the, you know, the campaign around the whole world because you, you don't need to campaign anymore well not campaign well in a way yes because the argument isn't fully settled like some remainers want to reopen it so I mean wait a second but isn't there a campaign a, even the right word isn't, isn't there a concrete date already it keeps getting extended well yeah. the election result tonight will help with that yeah. if Boris Johnson has a majority, it will be over next month. Okay. If there's another hung parliament, it will keep going. Or maybe the EU would say, you know what, we're fed up of you, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. we could just speculate all night about that, so we won't. But yeah, um, what else have I been... You, you, said you, you said you have been to India and America. I have. Oh, that's oh, long, long ago. So yeah, you'd think because... I have the British passport. I'd want to um, be living there or like I'd want to be visiting there, but I wouldn't want to visit USA again. So like um, the only people who have like, if you like unlimited access to the country are American passport holders. Anyone else, maybe the exception of Israelis, just have to prepare themselves for a grilling on the border mm. and you get a major and this was 10 years way before Trump so they can't say oh no it was always nice it was just Trump who was racist I went there I think 2007 and it was for a skydiving trip uh, with a bunch of students and uh, I got to the border guard and then he's like very brisk and abrupt with me. He's like, yeah, we're going to have to get your suitcase off the carousel to inspect it. I was like, okay. And yeah, follow me. And he just marches me off to this room. It's called secondary questioning. And I'm like, they're thinking, okay, what do I do now? Then all the other students are just passing, all, no, try again. All the other white English students are just passing through, no problems whatsoever. And they said, why has he got stuck behind? And I'm kind of nervous, not even because I've done anything wrong, um, but more because they're about to drive off to South California, miles away, way before the days of Uber and Lyft. And USA hasn't got good public transport. And I'm literally stranded in the point that if I don't leave with them, I'll face a 300 US dollar taxi ride to be reunited with them. It actually happened on a previous occasion, someone else who got lost. So mm. <laughs> I was like more nervous about that, but I'm like, I hope he's holding me here for a reason. I'm just left in this space called secondary questioning with Mexicans, I think Romanians and a Chinese lady. And I'm just so super thirsty. And I asked the guy if I could have some water. Nice of him, he went and got me some. Then the supervisor started yelling at him like, what the hell did you just do? You left this guy unattended. He could have ran away. He could have, you know, violated our country's security. And I'm like, dude, you have my luggage. You have my passport. All these people are with guns. Like, where the hell have we run into? Like, it was, you know, just really annoyed me. But then waiting to be seen. And now I overhear them talking with the Chinese lady. And the guy's banging the table. It's like, your sister's here illegally. Your mother's here illegally. They should have left ages ago. Where are they? Why haven't they left? You better tell me what I need to know. 
if you don't tell me what I need to know, I'm going to go and get my supervisor. And if you think I'm not a nice guy, wait till you meet him. And he's like, the FBI are looking for you. The CIA are looking for you. And the lady's here. I don't even think she spoke a word of English. And she's got her her four or five-year-old boy with her holding her hand. He's like, I'll put you in jail. I'll put your son in jail. Is that what you want? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like... Is this a TV show? Is this reality? Like, what, what am I actually seeing here? Oh, maybe it's just the most effective way to speak to those people. I don't know. Well, I don't... Well, she <laughs> didn't look like she spoke any English. And then yeah. a lady from Air China wandered over, a stewardess, and she offered to translate. And I thought, that's not cool. Not that it's not cool that someone offered to help. But in these kinds of legal situations, you kind of either want to speak through a translator or through a lawyer just because... You want to be clear about who said what and all that stuff. Yep. And then they kind of took her away over to the side. And then I was waiting for my um sort of interrogation. And then the guy called me forward and he's like, yeah, so when foreigners visit America, they need to clear this thing called ESTA, Electronic System Travel Authorization. They claim you've got visa-free travel if you're an EU passport holder. And I think... That's just a technicality. They don't call it a visa, but this Esther thing is a visa in all but name. Because if you don't go on their American government website and fill in this ESTA form, you'll be deported. So to me, it's and, and you pay 15 US dollars, give or take, for, for this Esther. So it's like, yeah, I have two Esthers in front of me for you. Why do, why do you have two? And I said, oh, that would have been easily explained two hours ago. I lost my passport. I had to renew because I needed to travel again. And the Esther website clearly stated the old Esther's voided with the old passport and you need to apply for a new one. And I actually would not have have bought the new one because I'd have saved myself the $15 had I have known. And it makes sense because when the British government void a passport, I don't think they're obliged to go around the world telling all the other, you know, government departments yeah. here, there and everywhere to avoid stuff. So my Esther for the old passport was still valid and I could have travelled on it, it seems. But it's like, yeah, we've got two Esthers for you and I need to clear up this um, discrepancy with the Esther team, but they're closed and it's Friday. So I'm going to have to keep you here until Monday. And wow. this here means just like, a waiting area like you know like you'd be at a bus stop and I'm like dude no I mean like you're kidding me like deport me I don't know what the point of me staying here is because these guys are going way off to the south of you know the United States and without them I'm screwed so it's like oh, you know what just have your passport back and your bag back go and have a nice trip like welcome to America and I just thought you know what Nah, I'm not coming back to this place because it's so expensive to get there and you kind of hope well, it doesn't work like this but if you spend a lot on a trip it's going to be stress-free it's going to be paradise it's going to be bliss and that was anything but bliss so did you go on the trip? yeah he just said you know what it's just bureaucracy come into America just move on and then he was being nice but I'd had such a bad taste in the back of my mouth from what I'd been seeing in that zone. Well, the reason was the two. Yeah, I had papers, two Esthers. Right? And I, I had a reason. And as I said, I wouldn't have bought the new one because I'd have saved myself the money. But your rules told me I must have two because the old one, a new one, because the old one gets 
invalidated. Yeah, yeah. And what annoys me more is that the border guard who I met on the way off the plane at his terminal would have had the same message that he gave the secondary guys to deal with. But if he had just spoke, it would have been over. Or maybe if he took me over there, I wouldn't have been sitting there like just for two hours just thinking, what have I done wrong? What's going to happen, you know? And then I've seen other stories since then, like a, a family from London went to, I think, well, wanted to go to, to Disney in Florida, spent £9,000 for the trip, tickets, hotels, transfers, all that, got to the aircraft door. Oh, no, it's not happening. You can inquire with the US Embassy about why you're not letting you come here anymore, but yeah, your trip's not happening. Yeah. And then it turned out he had some name. America doesn't play. Abdullah or Mohammed or it kind of flagged like someone else they was looking for. <laughs> that was it. And he spent nine thousand US dollars for that. Really? Well, well come on. That's that's just a well, a bad coincidence for him. Yeah, but see I just see these stories and it's like at least when you take a flight in the EU you can get really low fares if you look at the calendars carefully or it can hitchhike something I've done a lot of but to go to America it's a lot of money and and then even on the ground in America yeah I wasn't even happy when I even got there so when I'm in a taxi and a fare's 8 euro and I give them a 10 I expect them to give me back my change and then most times because I'm just you know I have it so I got in a taxi, I think it was Las Vegas, and then I gave him the ten pounds for my seven sorry, ten US dollars for my seven US dollars trip. And then I was like, Can I help you? And then I realised, hold on, he's not giving me back my change. And I thought, what a bastard, like No, it's just uh, they're just used to tipping. See? It's weird. Used to tipping in his own culture, but that to me is strange and I would have given him the tip but I I asked this to my friend from Ohio and she said she's an American and she would expected him to motion to her have your change back but you know he didn't do that and I was like wow then I remembered another incident I was in the hotel and then the pay phone because I wasn't for shit I wasn't using my British phone out there would have cost a fortune and I was putting dollar after dollar into the phone and it just wasn't connecting and I went to the receptionist, oh, hey, that phone's not working and it's taken $5 from me. She's just staring at me. And I was like, was it my accent? And I went and spoke to, to the next lady in the next desk. Just staring at me. She's just like, she, I don't know whether she was in a trance or what, but I was like, Ugh. And then just the food there, everything seems to be soda, like a Coca-Cola or a Fanta. And all the food seems to be French fries. And then when I got back from that trip, even just the sight of that stuff for a good six months made me feel sick. I couldn't. That, that was more than ten years ago, right? Well, so at the time I came back, and then for the, like the next six months, I could not look at any fast food. Well, but I think not. now nowadays America is being pretty progressive when it comes to lifestyle. I don't know, but as I said. Because that experience media of changed. racial profiling well, well, in America was way before Trump. It was Obama years when well, I was there. Well, but it didn't sound like it was uh, racial profiling. 
Well, very your, much so. your case was the double papers and uh, yeah but the everyone Abdu- the in Abdul, that the abdul guy was just a similar name chinese lady but everyone in that interrogation area as i call it was non-white and when i asked an english guy how yeah, his cause usually, was because usually i would say that immigrants would be illegal immigrants would be probably mostly from either Asian, African, Africa, yeah, yeah, or, or maybe Middle Eastern countries. Yeah, I'm not sure. that's true. Or maybe so, South American. But then, so, oh gosh, I've been quite fluid in my thoughts this evening, and I've just hit a, a hurdle. All right, I think I'll find what I was going to say. Yeah, I spoke to an English guy. He said he had his passport stamped. Welcome to America. I spoke to some blonde Danish girls. Passport stamped. Welcome to America. So. I just think it's best they just have tourists who they're not going to need to profile. And I might be at risk of being profiled. That's not so. really true. Um, my, my father told me that he was quite interrogated quite long when he went to America. Mm-hmm. And what relation to what? Well, he was just visiting. He was just a tourist. After visit. EU or before EU membership? After EU. Wow. But then maybe they thought he's from a low-income country, he'll overstay. I don't know, but uh, that's what he said. If I'm going to spend that kind of money in a vacation, as I said, it doesn't... It's not... doesn't cause the trip to be more peaceful or more relaxing. No, No. No. But I, in my head, say, I'm paying more for this trip. I must feel more at ease. Well, that's on you then, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I stick to my principle and all these silly people who want to go there and spend money and have that episode. I mean, don't wrong. If people get there, have their passport stamped. Like my ha- my former housemate, he's British born, but his mother had him in Iran. So his place of birth and his passport says Tehran, Iran. Every single time he goes there, he's pulled over. Um, what do you know about the Iranian government? What do you know about this? What do you know? And I just... Why would you go back there? He's like, oh no, because it's just there. But when I get inside America, it's fine. And I'm like, just no, because I'm spending money on this on this trip. And yeah, I, I prefer Latvia and Ukraine a thousand times, million times more than going to America. And what about India? India, oh, that's even further back. Road rules are crazy there. And this is speaking of India 2007 like in many countries you have a two second rule five second rule ten second rule you know you don't drive right up behind someone that you could hit them but in India people just aren't playing they just want you out of their way and it's really scary and uh, I got hit by a motorcycle and I was a pedestrian and I was walking nowhere near the road. It wasn't really even a pavement area, but where pedestrians would walk. And then the guy crashes into me, he's like, in broken English, sorry, I don't have any brakes. And uh, then off he went into the traffic. See, at least they were polite. Yeah, so I go to India before I went to America again. Um, food hygiene seemed to be a problem. I guess, this, again, this is 12 years ago. Many people got sick. Some the one guy the local he was people? no no um us tourists who were visiting there yeah, but local people are local people be fine. used to it yeah. and this thing I have a, a thing of eating food really le- late so yeah late after the expiry date not because 
I do it intentionally, but I feel when I'm at home and I can build up my immune system ahead of uh, any foreign trips, when I have a foreign trip, it won't knock me out like it does knock out other people who are so specific about, um, you know, eating um, food that hasn't expired at home. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think you get what I'm trying to say, more or less. Yeah. Uh, any other anecdotes? No, people are extremely friendly because we'd be on a bus with a driver and he'd be driving us through all different kinds of parts of India. And when we got to a new restaurant or a new petrol station, he'd be talking to the um, clerk at the restaurant or at the petrol station behind the till with them mm. and I was like whoa do you work here before you picked us up so like, no 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 we just made friends like yeah they just very quickly in each other's personal space which is a nice thing because people were just so as England's perfect example you don't know the person on the left of you or the person on the right of you but in India you know people um, they really make time for one another see it's that, really that's nice. why you need more people in England so you can have that nice comfy relationship with other people I should say they need more people in England because I'm trying to get out I've been trying to get citizenships to anywhere who will have me and it's interesting because I didn't realise yeah, it was so that, hard but uh, wouldn't you be able to get one in Russia I haven't tried and that was one of the first countries I thought of asking but under Putin's policy towards former Soviet republics like here, Lithuania, Estonia, Ukraine, and Georgia. On principle, I can't anymore because I finally get it. I mean, because for the longest time, Latvians or any of these aforementioned countries are like, oh, no, you can't trust Russians or they're going to try and invade us again and blah, blah, blah. Just all, I just called it hysteria and, you know, paranoia and whatnot. And then when Crimea happened, and I, this is, I spoke with my Russian friend who studied international relations at university. So I kind of hoped for a sort of developed argument from her about why it was abruptly taken back. Mm. And she said, there's ethnic Russians there, therefore it's our land. And I was like, oh, because all the like, Latvians are complaining about Dagovpils being majority ethnic Russian. I didn't really take into consideration so it's like maybe they do have a point that just abruptly the Russians can say yeah we have ethnic Russians here 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 so yeah all all our land again and I didn't really appreciate it so I was like oh gosh now I have to appreciate what you're saying so yeah well it's not like uh, because what makes it a little bit complicated in Crimea that they actually did vote and they sort of war. It's like Brexit. Yeah, see, a, 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 a they big, did a big vote, enough, no, see, big enough population wanted to actually. They did, and I think realistically, if they were <laughs> so oppressed under Russian rule, you know, there'd be protests outside foreign embassies, Crimeans running away to seek asylum, and there's not. They genuinely want to be Russian, but I just think, out of respect for, call it cultural sensitivities, and. Lithuania, particularly, because they're very, very suspicious of Russians. Really? Um, very much so. I don't know what it is, but yeah, if uh, the Russian government had invited some observers from these states, said, hey, just be there and watch it, 
it it would have meant so much and they'd have still won the referendum anyway but not at the expense of destroying diplomatic relations of all these neighbours and it's like I don't, I don't know if they destroyed it they did no I don't know. I won't say all so. these states are inviting British and American troops to conduct military exercises yeah yeah which means our economy grows and I don't our, know about it, that no well of course it, well of course. maybe and I just think it's sending out a message to Russia no we've got backing so you can't take our land from yeah, us yeah well it's it's a it's a show of force well this is what I mean why does why did it have to be resolved through force well it's it's not really a resolve by force it's just the presence of force well, bring, but this is how you get brinkmanship he does this he does this he does this he does this you know and it just goes on and on and on well I believe in a Tom Clancy storyline so afterwards everybody will shake hands and say oh, oh I don't know Christ is avoided I hope so but the way it's going it's like I really don't know well I guess uh, a Russian was uh, recently a guest and he said that uh, Putin will step down as well he won't be running for president again so his term ends 2022 I, I just think like he that. won't be president if he doesn't want to be if he decides he you know what I'm if he wants he could yeah and then the other problem well, he, he could be uh, he couldn't be back to back because he's already in his second term he could fiddle the constitution if he needs Maybe. to of course he can but I'm saying and the other issue is more to do with the people behind him in terms of the people who will run Russia well, are, after he does to, decide to step down Jews? no 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 I'm no? saying um how you run a Russia that has if you like revolved around him since 2000 mm. how it's possible I don't know like if you have or easily you just you just uh, improve your relations with America and yeah okay have a, have some more McDonald's and Burger King maybe if it's so as simple it's as that no I just mean this, when you have a system where everyone's focused on a central figure how you I don't know if anybody if everybody is focused on oh, come on it's just a political figure it's like it's like saying Germans are focused on Merkel they're but not they're not they're that's not. not a comparison the and only Brit, other Brits are the only ones who on probably come close is maybe be North Korea and their leader or don't take the the media portrayal as the real perception of society no but I'm saying just generally I think he's Russia is built around him it just is and the government is yes yeah, but I don't know. But, no, I'm saying but, in terms of stability Russia, for the country. But, but 170 million Russians probably don't give a damn about him. I don't probably. know. Probably. But I just think all the there institutions... Are, there are many million people who do. Yeah. But again, Russia is so big. All right. Not everybody cares about him. Fair enough. I don't know, but I think all of these kind of things going through my mind, I thought, you know what, it's best not to apply for Russian citizenship because it's more about relationships with neighboring countries in terms of here ukraine like because i can't speak russian in many places so will you apply for belarus oh we'll see how this weekend goes um i've been to uzbekistan's 
um, Ministry of Internal Affairs. Um, they said it's generals like a five year, every country got this five year rule, but the Ministry of Sport in Uzbekistan could support me, except for the fact I flipping vomited on the table. So it's a bit hard to ask them for support at the moment. But that's not an issue for them. Then, no, I've disrespected <laughs> you, them. No, you can just say, oh, well, I got sick. No, 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 because, I mean, at this weekend, I'll, I have respect for the Ukrainians if they can go and apologize to the Uzbeks and say it was them that did it to me. But I don't know if Do they Do you will. want an Uzbek citizenship? Yeah, why not? So apply. It's complicated. Any, Forget every about Every country I've spoken to around the world, it's a five-year rule, more or less. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Tajikistan, I've spoken to them, so I'd happily be a citizen there. Um, I probably don't know anything about Tajikistan. It's one of your former um, relative countries from Soviet times. Yeah, well, still. You've moved on. Yeah. Um, Who else have I spoke to? Um, A Kazakhstan friend thinks I'm stupid, I should stay in England, and I'm like, no. Wait a second, Kazakhstan. My think, friends think you are better th- off in England. Yeah, they said yeah. Because probably that's true. They can go and live there if they want. No, they uh, they would like to. Right, but I'm like not for me. And then the annoying thing is, is every competition recently, I've been avoid, I've been allowed to go flagless, or I've been able to go in Ukraine's flag or Tajikistan's flag, but Belarus is insisting I go under the British flag. At their competition this weekend and i was like dude why does it matter is the kgb gonna come after you and they're like yeah they would because you wouldn't be competing under the flag of your passport I'm like, oh. yeah well it's a solid logic I don't you know. are a british citizen yeah why not compete for britain bad memories galore bad memories vile memories well then you just apply for Belarusian citizenship. We'll see. And then you, Bel- I think Belarus and Ukraine are quite nice. Yeah, but Ukraine, after this incident, I don't know. Because the guys who did it would be well, my training Belarus, partners. Then Belarus. Yeah, Belarus. Nice people. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something on that point very quickly. Yeah, so the Russia Belarus border isn't really policed because it's for. Belarusians and Russian citizens only. Mm. So, would you advise me against using that to cross into Russia without a visa, or not? What What would be the point for you then? I would want to go to Moscow to see my friends. Oh yeah, sure, do it. But then it's the fear of being caught. And what will they do to you? Drink a fine? You just You just offer some vodka. Yeah. Hey, all right. They'll fine me. I don't know. Okay. But to you be fair, go. it's all sort of hypothetical now so I have bought a return ticket here next week so but I'm just thinking to myself would I do it should I do it because I've, say, I've looked on people on TripAdvisor they say the border guards are on and off because they assume it's just Belarusians and Russians crossing that border and then coming back here to, to fly but oh gosh I wish I did it now I've already booked a flight out of Belarus back to Riga but had I not have I think I would have I would have been a bit scary hmm. would you so before you you'd have been too young to contemplate it so cause it was 2004 15 years ago 
would you have contemplated going over the border into Poland or Lithuania without a visa? Well, I wasn't wasn't interested in going. Well, yeah, you would, you're too young, so it's hard to put you in that. But if I would, if I would need to, sure. You don't have any interest in Russia for me to project the story on you to see if you would, how you'd react. What do you mean? I mean, is in because you don't speak Russian, so it's like for you to go somewhere without a visa to somewhere you don't, you wouldn't be able to come virtual way out of the situation yeah. I, I would do it more to see if I could con- converse my way out of the situation that's more by, why by I would the, do it by the way uh, wouldn't it be for you the best to actually still be a British citizen but to work for Russia I don't know in some form maybe I don't know maybe you can have a spy job because like the Ukrainians I I would cross the border without a passport and be like, hey, I'm coming to visit you. And I wouldn't fear how they would react to me because I just feel they're genuinely accepting. Hmm. But I haven't seen the Russian authorities because I haven't been in the east of here or anywhere where I would see them to know how they're going to react. Yeah. So if I hadn't bought that return thing because... My friend, and it actually would have worked out really well for my friend because she um, wanted to go away for Christmas. She bought a, a flight to London of all places and she did it over Christmas. She would have needed help to, for childcare for her kids. So I could have said, hey, I've just surprised you by showing up to care so you can go away because every time she goes away, she has to take the kids with her. She doesn't have any free time. So I could have actually given her like a, a week or two weeks Free time. Sure. So, there's even, there's even a part of me that thinks, maybe I'll see how the ground feels like in Belarus and then just take the overnight train into Russia and then just forfeit my return flight. I guess right that's there. possible. I guess. I'll go to their embassy in Belarus uh, as a formal thing. If, if, the, if the competition goes well... I don't know, even if it doesn't go well. If the competition goes well, I might be going to the Belarusian ministry. And then... Okay, you let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's, how's it going? For sure. Going? But, I don't know, man. Like, every time I feel like I'm going back to England from anywhere else I've visited, I, felt dep- I feel depressed. So it's like... But you are going back to England because you get money there, right? Well work through um these warehousing jobs but it's not um gainful employment i'm not going anywhere with it you know or doing stewarded in the football stadiums i don't have any family links there i just have bad childhood memories the local people are racist to me so it's just yeah i really want new beginnings it's taken way too long i would guess you can just stay in belarus Indefinitely, huh? Sure. Well, we'll find out, I think, this weekend. I don't think there's any other topics I wanted to mention. There probably are, but they're circulating. Oh, man. In the back of my mind, yeah. You were plenty of topics tonight. Oh, cool. Yeah, we have. Any any final thoughts? Mm, Thanks for helping me out again. Yeah. Thanks for being my guest again. Cool. All right. Yeah. I'm impressed. A lot of stops. Uh, 
I think 